welcome to the Laughing Monkey Music Show. Today we have Greg Steele on, famous for being part of Faster Pussycat and some of those killer albums that we all love and still play. Well, better still play. <laughs> how you doing, man? Good. How about yourself, Sean? I'm doing good. I was hoping yeah. we could talk a little bit about your, your days in Faster Pussycat and some of your earlier music, you know, your influences and stuff like that. No um, so, I actually had Brent on a little while ago and we were talking about how how fast, it seems like how fast you guys kind of broke as Faster Pussycat, and like he was so young. How old were you when you got into the Faster Pussycat thing? I mean. Uh, 24, I joined at 23, and then when we did the record, so I was 24. So, and I had only lived here for, I, I had actually moved from uh, San Francisco area by myself, and then a friend of mine had a band up there, so he goes, hey, can I come down and, uh, promote my band. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll go on Melrose and just go check it out. So that's what we did. And then he was talking at a store going, can I put flyers up? The guy said, yeah, yeah, it was Kami. He goes, do you know of any guitar players? My buddy goes, yeah, this guy. So that's how I met Kami. He was, he was like one of the first people I met in LA. And then we oh, just, really? Yeah. And then we started, I had a car, he didn't. So I'd pick him up at uh, Retail Slut was the name of the store. We'd go back to my place and play. And then I'd drive him to the Troubadour because I think he was doing lights at that time at the Troubadour Club. So... So he was kind of forming the band. So that's how we. Well, it's out. interesting because with everybody's so the ages were a little bit different, and it's the influences and, and the sounds that you're out of the three albums, for the first three before the band fully changed. It's mostly the original lineup, except for you know the drummer who got a little bit of trouble there. Um, who uses FedEx anyway? <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. Um, but but on, a, but on a serious note, like the sound changes so much, and I'm kind of just curious. Like I mean, it, yeah. It it's definitely, like the first album was songs that Tammy had. And then like I wrote, don't change that song and a few others. Cause I mean, really the first album is like, we maybe wrote like the first 15 songs we ever played and 10 yeah. of them were on the album. The album yeah, it's interesting. It's good. It's, it's a good mix. It's like, it's something raw and punky. It's almost like, it's like punk metal. I don't know. It's, it's, like punk metal. it's very, very, there's no depth to it. Right. It's just one a guitar. Uh, there's no like, doubling double tracking our guitars like we did you know we double triple or double track our guitar playing after that that album i had one amp one guitar my amp blew up the last day we were recording and the, the, we, we didn't like you know when you go in you're doing a record you fix you know you go through your equipment make sure everything's cool and this stuff we didn't do that with the first record first record is like a demo and it's like a demo of a band just started that's why i look at that album it's crazy though because i mean we I mean, looking back i mean it's pretty crazy that it's it holds up yeah, in some ways it does. I, I, sonically, I can't listen to it. I like a lot of the songs are on it. I like, I love like those songs. Um, yeah, sonically, it was, but we, we did that whole record for, I have the receipts for that record, actually. It was like $38,000. And at that time, you were getting like a quarter of a million to go record. We did it, the whole thing for under $38,000. So that, therefore, it's like a demo. Anyway. Wow. I know Rick Brody did it, right? The guy did Poison. I know he was, he was more digging on you guys in the press. He was kind of, giving them jabs about it saying, this is the album, this is what I wanted the Poison album to sound like or something. And I oh. wouldn't have heard that either. It was kind of weird at the time. And, you know, back then it was just, there was no online. It was like one person says one thing and it was out there as a magazine uh, and it's gospel. Yeah, he might not have ever said that. I mean, he's good friends with CC and everything. He, he never- That's what I'm saying. It was really weird. I'm like, I, but, I, but my point to that was more of, you guys are two kind of different sounding bands. So I wouldn't even know what he was going with that. But 
I think back then at the time, like a lot of albums easy sonically. I, I'm pretty critical about like certain produ- production of some bands. The albums were very thin and we're not this because I was going to school for recording back then myself. So that yeah. was the time I was totally started listening. That album is a lot more forgiving. I gotta be honest with you. There's some way worse albums out there that were recorded a little bit, you know. Yeah. I mean, some, some there's charm to it. I remember a guy goes, um, I turn up the guitar on Shit Rolls In, I think, and you can hear the, you know, the hum and stuff because I love that. I'm like, yeah, yeah that's cool. I mean, that kind of stuff, which you, we didn't even do. We just did it because, you know, it's done kind of on the cheap. But, but there's charm to it. I, I can respect that too. I mean, anything I do, I look back and someone's like, hey, that was a good job. I'm like, oh, I got problems with it. Like, I can't look at anything I've ever done and look back at it retro. So I get that too. Yeah. But from an outsider's perspective, I'm pretty critical of certain production things. And I'm like, that album kind of passes the, the grade. But then you guys did Wake Me When It's Over. Holy crap. That album is like yeah. a new band. It, it, well, it was, I mean, it was the same members, but it was a new band. Um, we had, like I said, at the beginning, we were together for, I think, a little over a year when we did the record. We got signed a little mm-hmm. bit when we did the record so you're still as a band for me right you're all kind of understanding what a person the second album i mean we were writing stuff for that album right after we finished the first album because the first album we finished recording and it didn't come out for like six months so we were still writing songs and and um you know playing shows and stuff and then for the second album when we were touring for the first album we went out for a little over a year and we would go out for four or five months and then come back and then we'd record. Like I, I wrote House of Pain in like literally like 10 minutes and we kept playing it. Tim was just like, ah, cause I know back then it's like, oh, ballads, every band had a ballad. It wasn't like that for us. It was like, it was a song that I loved cause I loved um, Tuesday's Gone By Leonard Skinner was like one of my mm-hmm. favorite songs, right? So I was like, I like the way that song makes me feel. So I kind of wrote something in that, you know, you feel the same way gave it to Tammy it took like a year to write the lyrics because he goes I don't want to just write some stupid thing I go I get it but we still practiced it all the time you know what mm-hmm. I mean we practiced a lot of those songs a lot and then we rehearsed and we rehearsed daily it was like it was like a job um for like a year straight after the tour before we did the second album so we were rehearsing you did what you were, you were in tour with like Cooper Alice Cooper um yeah Alice David Cooper, Roth and David Lee Roth uh the third was- right Kiss? Kiss. Kiss? Yeah. yeah, Kiss. And that was your second, yeah. Yeah, and then we, we would come home and then go back. I and mean, then we'd do clubs on our own. You know, we, we'd, we'd start with a club sh- club shows. And even on nights off, we'd play. Uh, like, w- when we were opening band for people, they don't play as many nights. We were playing five to six nights a week. At, so we'd book clubs on our trek. Like, when we toured Motley Crue for the second record, they played, I think, three to four days a week. And so we would book shows in between that of our own headlining shows. Nice. So we, I mean, we, you can, you can practice every day, but when you go on the road, man, your band just gets tight. Oh my, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, we practice all the time. And we were, you know, at the beginning we were pretty bad, but we got better as time went. But once we went on tour, we came home a completely different band. And you guys start off yeah, as, a, as a fun, like, I don't know, rock and roll, stonesy, kind of a loose, kind of a fun thing. Yeah. Man, when that second album came out, my head just blew up because, of course, back then you didn't have the internet, you didn't have anything. So it's like I had that, I had the album. You guys, I think I actually saw you on the first tour, and then like it was quiet for a little while. You hear little blurbs on you know whatever articles, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but yeah. then Poison Ivy came out as a you know probably the big drop, the single, and you were like, whoa, it's so thick and heavy. It's like it's it's like new musicians. Like it's just it's it sounds so different, and the production, of course, is just the production's huge. I mean, we would do like I said at that time we had bunch of amps, bunch of guitars. So I record rhythm for something, 
lead for something and the producer John would say, change the amp, change the guitar, let's do it again. And we'd blend three or four guitars to make that one guitar sound. First album, straight in Marshall, that's it. One time, that's it, you know what I mean? So that album, there's a lot more depth and then there's even more on the third record. But yeah, a lot more depth and a lot more counter yeah, true. The songs, though, you guys just, it just, yeah, you, you get the counter rhythm and just the songs actually, off the top of my head, I have it pulled up on here, some of the songs that were like you guys did. You know, where there's a whip, there's a way. I mean, just the songs that came in a little different. Um, House of Pain Everybody Loves. And I love the fact that the lyrics are different. I like to like, I love, I love ballads. I mean, but I don't need to be all love ballads. I love Mel's music. I mean, I agree with you, uh, Lance Skinner, too. But, but that song. It's like um, Junkyard did Simple Man or, or Kicks did Don't Close Your Eyes. Everyone kind of said, said you know what, we get it. We, we have to do this, but we're going to put a little different spin on it. And, it, and it's cool. Yeah. And, and, we, and that was, at that time, it wasn't because that was uh, the first album had just come out. We were torn a little bit. So we wrote that song before, like, I think at that time, ballads had like Sweet Child of Mine. None of that stuff had come out. It was on the record, but it hadn't come out as right. sing. It was just like, I love this. I want to play this. It's a different um, view of the band. You know what I mean? Because we went from three chord rock and every day you're just writing new stuff and getting better and, you know. Well, a big musician, I mean, you want to uh, expand. And, and then, yeah. The song, but the songwriting, I mean, like, like Gotta Walk. Yep. Like, Would you come up with that idea? Because it was just like, it had that a was, groove on it. It's just. the groove on it, but that was me going, I love Billy Gibbons. I love ZZ Top. Ah, okay. Oh, it was a total rip of uh, of Lagrange. It's like the harmonics and stuff um, that I did. I go, I want something that sounds kind of ZZ Top-ish, you know? Mm -hmm. Influences. Rock and roll, we all had kind of the same influences, the same influences, but um, we had so many other influences. Each guy that would bring to it, then it would sound like Faster Pussycat. But like you, like I was a huge U2 guy. And Nonstop to Nowhere on our third record starts because I remember seeing you two and they played MLK, which is a song that just has a low keyboard. Yep. And I go, I love that. I want to start a song like that, you know, and I want to have a guitar um, line that goes through the chorus like they do, or like the babies used to. Two different bands, but the style, there was something about some of that stuff. I go, I want to incorporate this into whatever. And it doesn't sound like bands, but, you know, it's your influence. No, that's not the point, but that, that's great. And that's really interesting i mean because the song itself i mean the album seems like different than the genre itself like you know what i'm saying it's it's defining it's it's but like um another one like, ain't a way around it is another one i mean arizona indian doll these are songs that you you know you, you co-wrote on you credit for yeah. and crying shame and tattoo they're all similar but they're all have a different groove to them too though i mean you really yeah put a different sound to them well, because you got to realize we're in a room for a year straight rehearsing every day. And it's like, you go through so many different things in music. The group, uh, you know, like the band itself, musicians, we're not great musicians, right? We weren't great musicians. Drummer's not great. I'm not, none of us were like, wow, those guys are musicians. None of that. The band as a whole, like the drummer had a great group, had a Mark Michaels. He had such a different feel. Then other drummers, after he was gone, we tried out a lot of drummers and they all had this certain feel. He had just a different feel. And he's not a great drummer, but it was just a feel that he had that made the band groove differently, you know? And it said a lot of the same thing about Stephen Adler's what they used to say about him too. Not a great drummer, but there's a groove to him. But Stephen Adler from Guns N' Roses, the same exactly. thing. They had, exactly. Something about that, not technical swing. It's just got a certain swing and everybody has a different, you know, guitar players all have a different way of playing a part. Um, just their groove, you know, their, their internal clock, 
you know what I mean? And yeah, so you don't, and with that style of music we were doing, you don't obviously have to be a great musician. You just got to do what you want to do. And if it's yeah. good, if it's not, then don't listen to it, you know? To look back, if you look at some of the albums, a lot of those bands would have sat in a room and partied and gotten messed up and not come out with such a good album though too you got you guys a little bit of credit there you guys put the, put the work in and you guys got the reward because you know I, I was surprised it didn't it wasn't platinum i thought it was platinum it was only gold that's I, I didn't even know that. i literally assumed it was platinum because not that we know yeah <laughs> not that the bank record show right <laughs> we know um so then you guys do that's when you guys went and tore kiss after that album to promote it right? yeah we talked with uh yeah, we went out with Kiss and we started on our own. Then we joined up with Kiss and we toured with Whitesnake. We toured with Motley Crue on Dr. Phil Guitar, which is like our dream tour, really, for us. It was like I saw you guys, I saw you guys on that one. I saw oh, did you which one? I was in Atlanta at the time. So oh, oh not Atlanta. Was it, was, it, was it the Omni or something? Or it was a yeah. while ago. I was, I was going to college back then for uh the 90 for uh music production. Oh, cool. That's and right awesome. after that, yeah, and right after everything, just like grunge came and hit heavy metal, Apple computers did the same thing to production, same time. Oh, everything can be done on your computer. So everyone else and everybody's like, oh, I can do this myself. You know, yeah. I can record myself looking at my shoes. No, I say really, it's just no. The whole yeah. thing just changed, dropped out. Maybe everything. I mean, I used to go to record stores every day when I was a kid and you couldn't find one except one around here. You know what I mean? It's like no. things change. It does. I actually, I, I, we want to use record stores that I go to around here. Luckily, I, I love records, so yeah. I do. I do too. It's, the and just I used to, when I was a kid, man, that's all I did. Music was my friend, right? So I'd go. Oh, this. That's how I got into Hanoi Rocks. I remember they had. Oh, I uh, love Hanoi Rocks. Yeah, I love Hanoi Rocks, and no one even in my where I live even knew anything about them, right? You know, and this was like, God, this is late early '80s, early early '80s, and uh, I just saw cover. I go, this band looks cool. I'm going to check this out. Loved it. I did that with like so many bands. And I'd also, when I go, go see bands before I go to the concert, I'd see who's opening up and then I'd buy that band's album. That's how I got into like ACTC, I think. And I'd always buy in Cheap Trick when I saw Cheap Trick with 77. And I was like, Cheap Trick, I'm going to get them just so I can get into the show. So I know what their songs are like. So I can get the into The only it. other person I know that ever did that. I used to do that too myself because I'd be like, I want to know when I'm there. I want to know. I don't want to be surprised. Like that's a surprise. But I, I mean, I want to, you know, know kind of what I've already, what I'm listening to. So I'm familiar. Right. With and plus, yeah. if they're opening for this band, they got to be somewhat that band I love. So maybe they're somewhat similar, and there might be something. I mean, I just mm-hmm. like everything. So I got turned on to so many bands like that. That's, that's yeah. That's that's the way to do it. I mean, so and as time changed though, so the concerts, I remember that the Motley Crue was probably, the, probably like the apex of like, of really when, when bands were just so huge and they could do it, you know, unfortunately the industry changed, rock kind of ate itself by the third or fourth version of copy of a copy of a copy of a band. A lot of the original ones still, you know, from back then a lot of those bands still are, do they sound different? A lot of you guys did sound different. That's what Pussycat sounded different from LA Guns, from, from Junkyard, from Little Caesar. Everybody sounded different. Those guys all sound different. The next generation afterwards trying to sound like all of you guys is really where you know i think it started to implode yeah they're just like because you know i mean record labels in it to make money right so if i'm making money off this band let's try and put money into this band and try and just keep it going and till the bottom falls they don't care you know about the scene you know at that time there was a scene when we were playing it was la guns jet boy guns and roses obviously 
uh, who are the kings of it, us. Uh, and then there's like, okay, that was one kind of scene. There was a scene with Poison and Warrant and bands like that. And then there was a scene with Jane's Addiction and bands like, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. Three Peppers and stuff. So there was these separate scenes. And even though you can look at it, if you're not a big fan and go, well, all this stuff sounds the same to me. All these rock bands sound the same. It's like, no, there are differences, but you know, people don't, if they don't like it, they're just not going to get, oh, they all look right. like hair metal or they all look the same and they all sound the same. It's like, no, it doesn't. But no, I mean, I agree. They think they all sound totally different to me. And that's why when the other ones came out, I was like, oh. And so then during that time, you guys did, was it, do you guys do a cover of um, Carly Simon's uh, Years of Vain? Did you do it right after the album, after the second album, or around the same time? It was like for, for the no. tribute album, right? It was for like something. Yeah, it was for a tribute for Electra. We were on, we were touring for the second record. That came up to do that um, Ruby on it's a 40th anniversary Electra. Yes, that's it. Yep. So um, we did, because I remember we, the last night we headlined the Palace here in LA, was the last night of the Waking When It's Over tour. And then um, the day before we had done the, or the two days before we had done the You're So Bane video. So we had done it after the touring and like towards the end of the touring. And then they put it out whenever. I, did they come up with that song for you guys or you guys, you guys chose? Because it worked well, out we, well. We had to because we wanted to do, we were actually originally supposed to do a song with Rick Rubin. I think it was for that. No, I don't know. I remember. No, I think we did Yosef Vayner ourselves. We were going to do Rick Rubin that Less Than Zero soundtrack, but it didn't work out. Um, we were, we picked that song because we wanted to do, there was another song that we wanted to do, but it was already picked by, a, by an artist that had already picked a song from that artist. So we were like, oh, okay. And so then we just like, well, let's try Yosef Vayner. I'm like, okay. But, and then we just kind of rewrote the music to fit us. And then, mm -hmm. you know, but it was only one of the you know, it was like one of the only songs that they they released different songs different styles from that album. I, I think ours was like one of the only rock ones that they released. I think so too. I remember being in a club waiting for uh, Scatterbrain in like North Carolina or somewhere to see a when I see a show, and um, that song came up. And it was a club that had like the video walls or something. Yeah. And that's when I first heard it. It came up. I was like, what? "Is it Carly Simon? Guys are pussy cat." I was not expecting that. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. It's pretty yeah. crazy. And it's like, I like that. And then you, you look at the whole thing. I was like, oh, the only few songs I like are by them. It's a whole album, man. <laughs> it's got to come out somewhere else. Right. At the time, you know, <laughs> count your money. Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah. The, yeah. It was crazy. That you get, did that. So what was the, so the soundtrack for Lesson Zero, you guys were, were going to have a song on that, but didn't work out? Yeah, I think I remember we were talking in talks to do a song for that. I remember we were on tour somewhere. They're like, oh, Rick Rubin. With a less than zero, and then never heard nothing about it. It just fell through for whatever reason, you know. It's an interesting soundtrack. I think the I don't think the soundtrack did that well, but it had a lot of really good artists on it. Like it was really eclectic. I just yeah. don't think they didn't know what to do with it. I mean, you had Danzig doing a slow song, and then I think it's Slayer, and then yeah. you know what I mean. You, you, no one really knew what to do. And then the Daily Roth had a song in it, but it was on his album, not actually in the movie and the soundtrack. Oh, okay. I think it was um, like Bump and Grind or one of those really hot, sexy songs like he had like in that one scene and they came in. Yeah. Uh, it's been a while since I saw the movie, but it would, you would have been a good mix for that, that album. That would have been good for you guys. I love the movie. You know? But it was just one of those, oh, we're gonna, okay, and then, and then never heard nothing else about it. Like, okay, I just didn't. I was like, oh, whatever. Such a weird time, because then, so then you guys went back and then you're uh, crazy, totally different again, when you guys came out with Whipped. That had a different sound. Completely. That. How how did that evolve into that sound? I, I wouldn't even know to, to have to categorize that sound because at that point, musically, I think a lot of bands were kind of like 
pressured to kind of change or evolve because you have to. So, you know, they're tying a flannel shirt or doing something kind of down tune a little bit. And it wasn't them. If that was your band doing it, it's fine. But, but trying to do something that wasn't them because they're kind of pressured in. I yeah. get why. But it's not, I'm not like pointing the bands. But you guys didn't do that. And I don't well, think it was a plan. You guys just had your own sound. You guys just went. Just, we, that's like I said, I'm not when we rehearsed every day for a long time. And at that time, can we go I'll come down if you guys got anything? Well, all right. We'd get to the studio literally at like 9 or 10 in the daytime. Um, anybody got anything? Let's write. You know, oh, I came up with this last night, or we have nothing. We'd go out many days like that. Nobody has anything. And we, we had locked out a studio. So we were, it's like every day we got to come in here and figure, because you know, we had waited so long after the first album came out for the second album, and it just drove us crazy. And so we're like, we're not going to do that again. We got to do something. And then it took even longer this time. But uh, that was just a lot of everybody, like I said, influences and trying different things. I and mean, we were like, yeah, just try it. It'll take five minutes to try this. If you don't like it, what does it hurt? It's five minutes, you know what I mean? And we really all by that time as a band. What, was, what were you listening to at the time though? Like what was in your head? Like what bands were you listening to? I mean, I can't pick anything out. I'm just kind of curious because like you said, you had you two in your head and you, you go to something else different. I'm just curious. Some Tom Petty. At the time I was listening to Ministry, obviously. So it was Tame. I, I, and then, um, I mean, my the stuff that I wouldn't even is, you know, like NWA and, um, mm-hmm. Public Enemy, that stuff I, I was so into. And I was really into funk. I started out listening to blues and Ohio players and stuff like that. So there's always those elements. At that time, probably just the stuff I just mentioned. You know, I, I, myself, I listen to everything. I love everything. But I, li- I listen to it to get into it. I don't like mm-hmm. background music ever going because when I listen to music, I'm concentrated on me even when I'm well, driving. I mean, like the, the sound of the space of the musicality of a song, like you can listen to one thing and hear similar things in two different types of music. The sounds, the open space between the notes. There's a there is a certain common thread if you you know when you write songs. Yeah, it's just kind of curious because I'm, I'm like the songwriting those songs like Jack the Bastard or, or you know or, or Big Dictionary. I mean, it does have a more groove or a soul or a funk. It's just it's not the same band that did. It sounds like the same band, but the songwriting once again took another quick turn. It did, it did, and it was just I think just like wanting to do different. You, you get bored doing the same thing, right? So it's just like, oh, let's do this kind of funky. Me and Brent were really in a funk. So it's like, let's do something kind of funk and, you know, and with horns and stuff like that. It's just, I guess it's just influence and just being bored of playing what you're playing. You still love playing what you're playing, but I want to try right. something. I'm a musician. I want to try something different. I'm sitting here every day for a year. Let's, let's, you know, play. I mean. And it, it, but it's co- very cohesive because like a lot of albums as we'll go over here, like, from bands they try different stuff the songs can sound a little different like way off like that that's a weird song for the album i mean the album feels very much like it's a thought out one piece you know they all flow together i mean it was maybe because of the recording because it's pretty it's not an album you can put on and go oh i love it it's something you'd have to like sit there and listen to it because i love that record and i did well, so, I, did too. I did so i remember i i lived down the street from the studio we recording that so I've been playing the song a certain way for six months. We'd record it, and Jen John, producer, would go, hey, can you come up with a completely different guitar rhythm to that tonight? And I'm like, all right. So I'd go home, and like, after playing it the one way for six, there's so many guitars in that album, you can't even hear half of them. They're low in the mix, or they're blended, or something like that. I know it because I was there, but there's so much stuff that we put in that record just to make it, like, give it depth. So the next time you hear the chorus or the pre-chorus, you're hearing something added in a little bit, and you know, it's the band and John, the producer, just... It's crazy, because I mean, like, you hear the chorus of some of the songs, some of the vocals, were almost like underneath, like, so you hear it, like, in the back, 
mm-hmm. and some songs, but then other stuff is more up front. Like even the even you know what I'm saying everything was just in different spots. It was it was just really a creative. Album. Pretty- I haven't heard anything like that. I, I couldn't compare it to anything. It was a fun record to make. And uh, we had Nicky Hopkins who played with the Stones come out and play. He played the piano on song. So he just wanted to add. We just kind of was like, let's, we've been working at this stuff forever. Let's just put everything into it. And, and it's, it, was, it was a real crime. It didn't get out. I, I, I mean, I don't know if the time, I mean, it was also a long album. I mean, it is long. But, you know, Made in Wonderland was a song. I'm like, how did they come up with this idea? Like, a lot of the songs were just not something you were like, you know, Especially at the time, a lot of rock anthems, people are throwing tapes, and so the times are changing. You know, that like you throw that in, that's not the first album you're gonna listen to. It's gonna be like pumping out your, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anthems. It's not an anthem album. It's more like in the Stones. It's more like a, yeah, back in the day when you have a, an album, you're gonna, you're gonna lay down like a Stones or a Zeppelin album, where it's like you're putting a, a continuous piece of, of a vinyl down, and you're gonna sit down, and you should open it up and read. You know what I mean? That's what it feels like. That's what I love. You know, that's that's where I grew up. So. I was like, let's add depth, let's add, you know, like Made in Wonderland, I was just just sitting with a guitar all the time and just at home, just playing. And, and Did you write of- a lot on acoustic first? Yeah, yeah. You just start yeah, now, I, uh, now I just, I play acoustically my electric guitars. I never plug them in, I just play them acoustically, but yeah. Yeah, too. yeah that's all I do. I haven't plugged it in an app in five years, but, uh, and I love to, but don't have the space for it. But, um, yeah, we a lot, always had an acoustic, always. And you just write riffs. Like I'm really into riffs. Like that first album was pretty much bar chord, three chord rock. And then personally, I like riffs, like a lot of riffs. Like, um, uh, 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 what's, uh, where there's a whip, like that body, yeah. stuff like that. I was, and, and ain't no way around it. I just tuned down the E string to D and came up with, oh, this kind of sounds kind of cool, you know? And, just influences, listening to a lot of different stuff. And I remember hearing a third album thinking, I don't know how, because at that point it's kind of hard to see certain bands. I'm like, I don't know how they can replicate some of these songs. Yeah. I would have loved to see you guys. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so right. I was listening to it and I'm like, I'm like, I don't know what this is coming from. I mean, it feels like there's a million people in the room or it feels like there's different sounds I haven't heard before. How are you going to switch between songs and albums and guitar? You know, and- you, did, you figure out the part that kind of is out there the most. Yeah, we had that one in the rehearse. We actually even brought a girl with us the first who lasted for two weeks to do backgrounds for like nonstop and a lot of the stuff because we had girls, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And um, and that didn't work out. But I'm like, what's, you don't think about it in the studio. You're just like, okay. And then you go to the rehearsals like, how are we going to do this? There's a lot of stuff here. But it's forgiven live. If you're a rock band, you just do something, your own version. It's almost, it's more forgiven than doing like a click track or something else. I mean, nowadays it's a big argument, but it's I'm all about whatever an artist wants to do. It's their business. It's their your gig. I'm not, I'm not one to judge, but to me, I'd rather see a band just do a live and just sound different or sound off than the album. Cause the album you're tweaking here, or how about like when singers do something and they're like, they hit a note. That's awesome. I mean, take on me to be the easiest example off the top of everyone's head. Yeah. You know, you know, now at this point in his life, he's like, he's tuned down. Like every singer's like, I don't know why I wrote a song so high because I don't think I'd be doing this in 40 years or 30 years. My voice about- doesn't do that. Yeah. You don't think about that. And that's, I'd rather have them do that and sound the way they sound now than mm-hmm. depending on the style of music. Like rock and roll, like I just came up from that way. But there's all kinds of music. I'm like, I don't care if they're roll. I went, I love Chemical Brothers. I went and saw them and I know half that yep. stuff. But I love it. I loved it. You know, it was in surround sound and stuff like that. And I'm like, for this, I don't care. It sounds like the record. Different, different, yeah. Different, different music. Yeah. It's not people up there pretending like they're playing, you know what I mean? So, and we weren't going to do that. We, you know, we can't. Play to tapes. We're not going to do. We weren't going to ever going to do that. 
that would have been different. It was just some of the songs. I mean, like, I mean, Big Dictionary I would have loved to have seen live. That would have been great. I that live. You did? Well, I didn't see you guys live. So I mean, yeah, no, we never played that live. A lot of that stuff. So I'm saying those are songs I would have loved to have seen you guys have done, like, continue on. I mean, this is, to me, this is really a, a time where I know you guys were together, then you weren't, but whatever. But the record and the power of the industry was changing. I would have loved to seen, like, a big tour for this. I mean, of course, you would have too. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, but there's a few albums and like when things go over in the show, it's like, actually, do I do a vinyl show too? Where I have to have the vinyl. I'll talk vinyl because I just left the poem fart. Yeah. But to this, the next level, there's certain groups that just never really, that were evolving so much. And you guys were one of the bands that yeah. each album was just like building and building. And that, I was like, where, where would it have gone after this? And I said, I would have loved to see this show for this concert, what you guys would have done for this. I actually would have loved to see where the band ended up after that third record, you know, just to see where we would have went because each album, I know we, we got to a different yeah. place. And I'm just wondering, I don't know. I don't know where we would have gone. Because sometimes- You guys into were working like, so hard, yeah. Yeah, you're working so hard. That's the thing, with that album came out, we were on tour, we went out with Ozzy, and we went on our own thing, went out with Ozzy for a while, got on a tour with Kiss, and then did a video for Body Thief, and on a weekend, that Monday, they called and said, oh, the band's dropped. While we were on tour with Kiss, still. We're like, we just spent a year and a half of time on this album, and, and like that. And I knew, when we went to, I remember we were doing our own club show, we hadn't been out in a long time, we were doing clubs at the very beginning of the tour, and we were in Pittsburgh. These people came up to me. They go, dude, you're my favorite band. I go, oh, thanks. And the album was out already. They go, when's your, are, are you guys doing anything new album? I go, yeah, the album came out like two weeks ago. I knew right then <laughs> this album ain't going to do nothing. They, they, wow. just, they had a big plan, too. They met with us for a couple months before the album came out. They had this whole strike. I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. A month into it, it was over. After all I that think month. even with a big push, it would have been different. The fans really would have, because at that time, everyone's so much into a certain rock vein and not as open, I think. Yeah. Oh, know? yeah. It was that way back then. You know what right, I mean? That's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah, it would have been more challenging. I definitely think people like me who who's listening to, like, your Jane's Addiction and Red Hot Chili Peppers yeah. and your LA Guns and, and you guys and your Junkers, I liked it because when it came out, it was very, like, I've always appreciated the different albums. But I think a lot of the fans that were just more into the past and Pussycats, LA Guns would have been like, what the hell is this? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. This is not Poison Ivy. Yeah, exactly. And it's not that even, would have been a challenge. Yeah, it would. It would have been. You're kind of losing some people and trying to keep some of them. But you, you, but even the first album was like that. The first album was three chord rock, punky kind of thing. The second album was not that. We knew, you know, they people like what they like. You know, bands grow. Um, and there's a lot of bands that I love their first album and they've grown and I'm just haven't grown with them, I guess, or just you mm. know, like I like the band the way they were here. But that was the thing with that first record being you're not very together very long. It's more like I said, a demo. So people, if they like, don't like it. That's it. They're not going to like the yeah. second. Not gonna like no, the I can't think of another band that has three albums that are just so different from their, <laughs> you yeah. put them all side by side and said, these are the, the progression of, you know, I mean, you, you know, Van Halen one, two, you know, two, three, you're like, I know who that is. Like, you know what I'm saying? And then like the stones, but this is like totally, totally different. I'm glad you think I always thought that, but I'm like, oh, people just say, go oh, hair, man, you guys saw that? And I'm like, whatever. No, they're yeah. totally, totally different. And it's great. I enjoy that about it, actually. And I have to be in a different mood to listen to each of them. Yeah. Some days I can listen to the first one. And some days I'm like, I can't, I'm not in a space to listen to the third one because I'm not in that mindset. But then some days I'm like, I can't listen to the first one, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All these albums, and I love the second one, too. But I mean, we just talked about that one. I've been talking about That's awesome. But I just feel this is such an underrated album. I keep looking at the songs titles on here. It's like, you know, Jack the Bastard. It's just like, you know. Only, only way out is just like that's 
Yeah. You know, it, it's just, it's it probably one of the most unrelated out uh, at the time. So when you got dropped though, like what happens when the band's on tour and they drop you? Like we stayed out touring. It was horrible. Um, and then um, we stayed out for another two weeks uh, to the end of October. We played uh, Miami on Halloween and we knew we were going home. So we're still like, well, this album just came out. Maybe another record company will buy this record and promote it because we've been working on it for a year and a half. And so I've been out for a month and a half. And actually the guy, so we went home and we actually, uh, bass player quit or got kicked out, whatever. And then- No, and Eric? Then, yeah, Eric. He yeah. Was, yeah, and then um, we got another bass player, went on just a club tour. We took a band, we just did a band tour. Um, which was actually pretty good. And then we came home and I remember me and Tammy wrote a song called Blood, which was different too. It was, it was actually a cool song. And, um, and uh, a guy from Polygram really liked the song. And he goes, yeah. I'm gonna get out at rehearsal. I might sign them. And I think at that time, Tammy was kind of like over the whole, what we were wow. doing. He had his own thing that he was trying to do. And he was kind of, well, check out the, you know, the band was just falling apart. Band was just falling apart. It's like, oh, because he did like uh like pig face or something or some. He was getting into that, you know. Industrial I mean? sound, yeah. Yeah, so he was getting into that stuff, and we got dropped. And it's like, it, I mean, it really took us. It was quick, but we it, it was a lot of hard work to be like some bands would come out and they'd be gold the day their album came out, and you're like, mm -hmm. it took us forever just to get a gold record. You know what I mean? And uh, and we're glad we got one. But the first album we toured and. We paid nothing for the album, and it ended up selling close to, at the time, like two hundred fifty thousand albums. <laughs> and they only thought they they thought oh, we'll sell maybe fifty thousand. It sold two hundred fifty thousand on the first record, so we're like, great. And they almost dropped us even after that. It's like you guys made so much money off it. You didn't co it cost us like seventy five thousand dollars to sign a deal. You sold two hundred fifty of an album. You didn't even. It's kind of weird. Uh, but yeah, it's, I, I mean, it was it's kind of great times. Loved it. All I wanted to do when I was a kid was get a record deal and go on tour. I got to do that, but it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work for us. And, um, it's you were you guys you know were and you know it's, it's still a good group. I mean, it's it as you evolved. So I know you guys played for a little bit together. You stayed together, and yeah. then there was a break. Just, we never had a breakup. It was just kind of like I remember we met with me, Brent, and Tammy met with our manager. It was just kind of like, okay, there was never any, it was just like, well, we're just going to go our separate ways for now, I guess. It's like, all right. There wasn't ever. times you guys, you popped up on time, then like a reunion, you guys play, we played a little bit together and then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I talked to all. Then you're, you're on YouTube actually playing uh, 2015, jamming out. Yeah, we, we um, even in 2000, 2001, we, me, Brent, and Tammy, Got together with the other half of Tammy's band and we went out as fast as Pussycat. Musically, it was different. We were doing kind of his thing and mixing it with ours and uh, didn't work out. You know, Brent stayed with Tammy for a while and then uh, then he left. Then um, then it's been Tammy's thing ever since then. You know, I still talk to him all the time. I talk to I talk to all of them here and there, but I, I talk to Tammy a lot. So it's his, it's his. it sounds good. I've seen the clips on TV. I haven't like I haven't seen. Oh, and now no one's seeing anybody. Yeah. No, well, at least it's, 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 it's jump in together and play together, at least it's nice. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, oh, I mean, everybody's friends. I mean, it's not, it, you know what I mean? Everybody's, no one hates each other or anything like that. If we got together tomorrow and played, we'd play. I mean, it's not, not we never discuss it, you know? It's nice, because it's not always like that with everybody. Or, you know, it's, it's, nowadays you're seeing bands that are breaking up, and then, like, you saw people die, and there's no fixed relationships. I'm like, you guys created a musical dynasty that influenced so many people. If you guys could at least high-five and be like, yeah, we did something kind of cool. You know what I mean? To well, just have I, that nice in the back is just the worst. It's the worst, and it's like, for me, it's like I dreamed of doing something. So these guys were involved with basically selfishly, these guys were involved with my dream, right? I'm not gonna sit there. I'm happy that they were there helping me yeah. to what I wanted to do, right? And we help each other. And I'm sure they had dreamed of being what we were doing. You know what I mean? So yeah. you're together, together and you made music. It's like, there's nothing to hate each other about, you know? So there's none of that with anybody in the band. Everybody still, Get some, I mean, we're not best friends, or maybe this, you know, whatever, but. All right, no, but there's life. It's life. And I don't understand bands. I hear, like, I understand it from a business point of view, but it's like, they don't even talk. They don't take the same bus. It's like, what? Yeah. I, there, there's nothing I would do to be in a band. I, I couldn't be in a band like that. There's nothing I couldn't do more than being in a band. I don't know how bands make albums. They can't even be in the same bus together. Oops, sorry. It's you know what I mean? How do you do that? I have no clue. That's why a lot of them don't, I guess. They just go on tour and they take, I guess it's like working with somebody at a job and you just don't like that person, but you have to work with them. But this is musical. It's like, it's different. I can't understand it. I would never do it. I could never do it. Um, I couldn't either. I mean, especially when you're like in different bosses, I'm thinking, I'm like, as a parent, my kids were younger, I could see having them drive in different cars with me. <laughs> but a band is something more fun. <laughs> We were on the same bus every, you know, maybe if we got huge, 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 you know, but I don't think so. Everybody's kind of pretty much regular in our band. Everybody's like regular people or like some crazy weird people. So, yeah. you know, grew up with moms and dads and stuff like that. And it wasn't that hard. To, it wasn't that hard for us. I mean, musically, sometimes it was hard to get on the same page, but as far as just people and personalities, it wasn't yeah. hard. That's awesome, man. So actually, well, last question. I was saying, what gear do you have? What are you using now? What are you playing for fun? For you know, fun? Over your guitar, what are you playing? Yeah, what's, what's your main guitar right now? Well, the guitar I always loved was a Cherry Sunburst. Oh. And I never had a Cherry Sunburst that I liked. And then I bought this one. Still, my black guitar that I've had forever is the, still my favorite. It's got my favorite neck on it. It's the one I used in every song we ever played. And videos and stuff like that i got it in 85 and that's been my that's my best one that's the one when there's a fire here that i take that with me yeah i would have, he's got everything yeah the history you know what yeah it's the history because we we did have a fire here and i took my guitars with me and it wasn't that they're worth anything it was the fact that i traveled around the country and around the world with these guitars and they're mm -hmm. They were with me back then, and they're still, you know what I mean? There's just memories to those instruments that, um, that I love. That you, can't, you can't pay for that, you know? It's, it's one of the things, it's not, it's not digital. You actually can hold it and touch it, and it's, you can smell it, it feels different, it's got a groove, and it's everything. Yeah, it is, it is totally. And so, yeah, I mean, that's a thing. I'm so happy I got to play and do records. And, you know, because I have friends that wanted to do the same thing and never got to achieve it. Mm -hmm. and it's kind of you know what I mean? And uh, so I was just so happy that I got to do that. I didn't do it to the level that I wanted, but I got to do it, you know, and I have memories that will last me forever. And That's a great, great, great uh, way to look at it. And, you know, I, I think, I think it's spot on, but you know, not everyone always feels the same. It's, but 
and it's it's great i mean the, the songs i've always appreciated in the albums the three different albums are just so different you know that's awesome. I'm glad you noticed it. Not many people would, not many, you know, but that's, that's awesome. I appreciate that. Thank you. It is hard. Cause like growing up, I didn't know a lot of people like after the second album that were really still doing faster pussycat albums too, clearly. Cause <laughs> nobody even knew they were out. Like, yeah. I'm like, no one's like they have a third album or they didn't know. I, oh, I don't have that anymore. I don't listen to them. I'm like, really? Cause this is where things are getting interesting now. Yeah. yeah. It happens. That's what happens though. I mean, I remember man, when I was in, in 77, I went, yeah, I was the biggest Alice Cooper and Kiss fan. Still about it. By, I think by 79 or 80, I was done with, and I was like the biggest fan. But mm -hmm. by, you know, a couple of years later, I, I was into other stuff. And not everybody's, you know, that's just the way it is. The way it goes. So I, I, I'm into something, I still, I still hold on to them. If I don't do them all the time, I'll go for a break, you know, I mean, off time, the breaks or whatever. But generally, mm -hmm. if I'm into a band, like, you know, I still like some of the newer bands, like now, but usually a lot of the bands from back then I still listen to, or, you know, I don't. I still listen to a lot of stuff too. Some band, I mean, like, but I listen to the era that I like. Right. I also listen to Kiss Alive. Kiss Alive too. I still listen to. I listen to Leonard Skinner and Scale. I listen to Bruno Mars. I listen to Christian. I like so many different things that I still listen to ZZ Top. I remember my call. You gotta listen to Kiss and ZZ Top on vinyl though. That's what you. That's what we do at my house. I like yeah. certain, certain ways. I don't want to get albums like short past in time. You know what I'm saying? Like certain bands. Like I mean, we may have some vinyl albums from like the '90s, whatever. And I'm not saying they're not don't sound good technically, but there's yeah. certain songs that are just like. You work a band in the seventies, you know. You're on tour for a couple albums before. All of a sudden, Aerosmith is the biggest band in the world. Although, if you look at their first five albums, they're like, "These are great albums." They're not platinum, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's but those are great albums, and those those are those are vinyl vinyl players. Yeah, that's true. It sounds different. Tom Petty on a record player. Oh, I bet. That's that's the way, you know. Yeah, I listen yeah. to Bruno Mars, and, and, and you know, digital is fine. My, my family likes them. That's cool. Yeah, no, I but, saw them live. I just thought they were just. Cause I was a huge Prince fan. He's like my favorite mm -hmm. artist. Yeah. And um, I saw him live. I was just like, fuck. Cause it was live, you know, this, like I wish he'd make a record with real instruments. Cause his band kicks ass and they sound like yeah. soul. It's awesome. But I always wish he'd just make a band with that live, that band and not, you know. Yeah. Digital. I love digital. I have my stuff's digital. I use it all the time, but there's some stuff that would just sound amazing. No, no, you say there are singers out there. You're like, oh man, just I've just missed instruments. So there's so many good performers out there. I think I would like more if they actually had bands with them. They don't even have to be their band, or they could share the title. But you know, what I'm saying if they actually yeah. recorded with them, because you'll see shows with them, and they'll have these fantastic, you know, the studio are known traveling musicians that are like the the guitarist, guitar player. You know what I mean? And they're yeah. fantastic, but then they don't show up on the album. It's like some kind of produced thing, or it's a uh, five layers of keyboards or something else. You're like, that's yeah. the way it is. Then most people. They don't really notice it or I guess care, you know. Um, well, I think the arts do sometimes. I don't know if it's the artist, but like, was it like a, but Nuno was playing with Rihanna for a while. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. That was Because awesome. why? Because Nuno's awesome. And, and, yeah. and who would you want, if you have a guitar player, who would you want to have up on stage with you? I know, I know, exactly. Right? Yeah, it's, but yeah, I don't know, man. But I don't think he played another thing. No. Maybe just tour. Yeah, just a tour. Doesn't make just the touring. There was no album. I'm like, what would have been of an album with Rihanna and, and, and Nuno playing together? Like, yeah. even if you didn't like the music, you'd be like, "That's interesting." Those guitar, you know, like, you know right. I mean? the guy's awesome. He's in your band, but I think it's a separate thing. I think an artist like that, they have a live thing, then that, that goes away, then they go to the studio, and you know, 10 it people. does. It feels like it's performance, and then it's 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 um, and then songs or performance are like a different world than 
live performance and there's like because without world there's also there's like dancers and there's costumes yeah i mean there was some costumey things in rock but not the same because all the kind of like your your daily wear is kind of a it's icing on a cake it wasn't the entire meal right. so yeah i i don't know i mean i would imagine like rihanna would be like man that was a real good song tonight let's just sit down with your acoustic guitar i mean have you not sitting around the bus or jamming like singing cover songs together and being like you know what we should do an album they're riding the bus she's not riding the bus on that you know i guess yeah so. i assume that yeah you know what i'm saying now like sitting in a, before the show and jamming I'd, I'd be curious to see how much interaction you even have with that artist if you're doing that kind of a show you might not have any interaction at all because they usually have a band leader and that's who you know, yeah. the singer reacts just to the band leader. Don't, I'm not talking to you. This is what I want. You get him to do that. And that's I would imagine she had contact with, with Nuno. He's not distant anybody. I mean, if you could have Nuno, you're not going to treat him as a sideline. He's, <laughs> I don't think he'd hang out too long. Yeah, I know. That's true. Yeah. No one's going to hire him as a side guy. He's a, he's a performer and a musician. You know. Bring the guy out front and center, man. I mean, I want to tell you, it's been awesome. I want to thank you. This is sharing some memories and talking about some of my favorite albums. It's just... Hey, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. I want to wish you luck and stay safe in this COVID world, right? Everybody, please stay safe. Wear a mask. All right. Thank you. Thanks, John. Take care, man. Great. Thanks. Bye.